Welcome to Expounded Universe. Season 4, Episode 1. K.B. Simplex. The book, The Courtship of Princess Leia, by Dave Wolverton. The year, 1994. Chapters 1 and 2, with your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go. Hi, I'm the Herbs and Spices Kid. Take it down a notch, Han. If you leave Star Fox there, he's going to eat that millennial kiss. <laughs> yeah. Hey, bees, hey, bees, hey, bees. Yo, baby, boop, bitches, I got it. <laughs> Welcome back to Expounded Universe Season 4, Episode 1. Holy shit, really? Oh, yeah. It's time for a new book, baby. It's time for a new beginning. My sweet little baby children. We're turning over the cabbage leaf and finding a brand new, fresh, hot baby under there. <laughs> That's what we're doing. A little star anise mixed into some Chinese five spice powder and anointed atop its beautiful head. What? I don't know. I was just li- listing herbs and spices. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's not just a cabbage patch kid. It's the herbs and spices kid. Yeah. that's. I you, found a baby in the KFC. <laughs> the herbs and spices kid. That sounds like the worst cowboy. Hi, I'm the herbs and spices kid. <laughs> you want to try my Kentucky gold chicken tenders? Or do I need to bring my tan brothers and sisters in here to fuck you up? <laughs> <laughs> They're secret. <laughs> Except I keep announcing them. <laughs> And their names. It's mostly Salt. I got <laughs> I got four brothers named Salt. Salt. I got one sister named Chicken Grease. <laughs> <laughs> our parents didn't much care for us. <laughs> Although both of us feel sorry for our younger brother, MSG. <laughs> you may think that's a joke that it stands for like Michael Scott Glenn or something, but no, his name is Monosodium Glutamate. <laughs> Real weird. It is highly unfortunate hi there i'm jeff hi there hi there i'm jeff that's john and uh if you're just joining us for the first time welcome to expounded universe we do eventually talk about star wars books (laughs) eventually that's a thing that'll happen but first but first we always got to start with a little dumb shit to prime the pump oh yeah so to speak you don't want to just dive right in immediately that way lies chaos yeah i mean you don't want to do that shit to helen keller and just send her out to the pump and ever just wail away at it for 20 minutes before she can finally like learn what water is yeah that's not you, cool you sing a song about it or something is that a th- I've, i haven't actually seen children of a lesser god or a musical based on it is there a, you is, know is a miracle worker I think. oh that's right yeah there is a musical based on it yeah yeah no i've <laughs> i've not seen miracle worker Nah, neither have I. I ain't seen shit. I don't know. The only thing I know from about Helen Keller, well, besides the actual, you know, her actual life story from reading books <laughs> you know, about her, aside from actual facts, yeah, about aside from facts, is about a million poorly tasted jokes. Yeah, that's, that's about it. That's about all I know. All I all I know is the making the W in her hand underneath water. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. it. That's that's it. That and a bunch of jokes that that I do not wish to repeat. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, how are you, John? Oh, I'm all right. It's a uh, it's a real hot time in the old town tonight. Yeah, if if our voices sound a little funky today, we apologize. It is too hot to do record without at least a little bit of air conditioning. I'm going to do my best to filter it all out. Oh yeah, it is definitely too hot to hoot. It is. <laughs> oh, that's a palindrome. Yeah, I got I worked that palindrome in there. You're getting your palindromes in. That's good work, man. Because you know, last night I went out in my yard to catch lizards, and eventually. It was ten animals I slammed in a net. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Palindromes. Uh. Okay, so uh, so we're starting a brand new book this week, uh, which will last us another 13 weeks or so. And I'm real excited. I know John is, too. We're moving away from the anthology format, and we're bringing back a beloved character uh, who I know you were all missing hearing all of us or here at the show talk about weekly, and that, of course, is Prince Shizor. <laughs> Obviously. So- we're doing the other Prince Shizor story. <laughs> I'm sad that there is, there, while there is another Prince Shizor story, and he kind of goes up against Boba Fett, that isn't what we're doing. No. Uh, what we are doing instead is the courtship of Princess Leia. Oh, boy. A courtship. A whole courtship, not 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 a court boat. No, indeed not. There's a difference between a courtship and a court boat, and I will flog anyone who gets it wrong. Uh, not a prejudicial hearing ship. No, the whole thing. You have a whole court as well. <laughs> not an arbitration ship. Yeah, there's a whole jury of my peers. Although the arbitration boat of Princess Leia would be an interesting book. <laughs> Uh, I remember that from the 70s, the arbitration boat. That was a great show. 
They pile all these minor celebrities onto a cruise ship and have them resolve just a small legal dis- issues that don't need to go all the way to court. Yeah. It all resolves itself in about half hour. And there's also a cool guy playing a bartender. Yeah, that's that's it. That's arbitration boat for you. Uh-huh. The whole thing. <laughs> so, The Courtship of Princess Leia. Uh, this one, I forgot to get the year when this one was originally written, so I'm going to need that by the time we get around to recording the intro. Uh, but it is one of the books that's set after Return of the Jedi, so it's not an interstitial. Uh, it is, in fact, outside of uh, well, of the other books that we've done that are set after, this is before them. So this is pretty much right after the death of the Empire. I want to say this is a couple years. It is. It's it's about one or I maybe think it's eight. It's well, no, it's eight eight a- uh, ABY. It's oh, it's eight ABY after yeah. after the Battle of Yavin. Yes, which means it's about three AB. Whatever you want to call the other one after, after the Battle of Endor. Endor, yeah. So it's about it's somewhere about three there. So, yeah, because there aren't any kids yet. There's no Han and Leia Juniors running around. No, and in fact, they aren't even married at this point. No, they sure aren't. In fact, that might be the famous courtship to which the title refers. Who could possibly know? If I mean, that someone is true. Someone who has definitely read this book before, like like me, maybe, maybe. God knows I've never read it before. <laughs> I've forgotten. I've heard things. I have forgotten a very great deal about this one. It isn't the first book that's after the uh, the, the death of the emperor. Oh no! I think of that not. one's called "The Truce at Bakura," and it features a an imperial girlfriend for Luke. The Truce at Bakula. Oh boy! <laughs> it's the Truce at Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I disapprove. <laughs> These are the children of the night. <laughs> No, it features a imperial girlfriend for Luke, and also uh, some Velociraptor dudes with tentacles coming out of their noses. Well, fuck yes. Called the Sea Ruby. <laughs> That's Sea Groovy. That's one of the very few EU books I never read. I just didn't ever see it in a store. So why would you? One of these days we'll get around to it. It'll be as much of a surprise to me as it is for you. I can't wait until we get to the point where there's a book you haven't read, and then we can both be like, "What the fuck is going on here? What now? Are you kidding me?" I'm, there's plenty though because I quit reading these in like 1997, uh, right when I went off to college instead of continuing with this nonsense, and uh, so I didn't read a single one about the prequels, and I haven't read any of the ones written out. So I didn't read any of the Yuzhan Vong Crisis, for example. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, oh yeah! Oh yeah! For a second, I thought you were setting up a new vendor at Nalabirong situation, which is that Eugene Vong sounds like a crazy Australian thing. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Nah. You don't think it sounds like a little tiny town that you drive on your way past on your way to like Alice Springs or something? No, I don't. Okay, fair enough. All right. Just, I mean, if I was gonna say it was somewhere, it would probably be like China. Uh, yeah, I guess. Fair enough. Anyway, this book smash cuts into a new opening with uh, Han coming out of uh, hyperspeed. Right into Coruscant. And he's thinking yeah, about... right into it. Right out of hyperspeed and right into Coruscant. Splat the end. <laughs> Han dies. Everyone on Coruscant dies. It's amazing. It's funny how, how rapidly characters die off in the expanded universe. Oh, yeah. We haven't I, mentioned it before. It, it's really amazing. They just keep dying and then coming back. I mean, when we were talking about the Crystal Star, we didn't mention it, but that was Han with five A's. <laughs> that was Han. Yeah, that was old Han five aces. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hanny five aces. <laughs> Someone draw that for me, please. <laughs> please give me Hani five aces. That's a, that's a that's fan art. I need to exist. <laughs> You're gonna have to do some deep internet research to figure out what we're rambling on about. Oh yeah, I'm sure at least a decent portion of the people listening to this know good old Johnny five aces. Yeah, probably. So so <laughs> splash out of hyperspace arrives the the uh, Mon Calamari battlecruiser Mon Rimonda. Yeah. With Han standing at the helm and watching as, as uh, the stars pop into existence, and he's looking at Coruscant, Oop. and he's thinking to himself about the difficult war campaign he's been battling in the, for the past several months. Boy, I sure have been trying to get rid of the Iron Fist. <laughs> Iron Fist is terrible. He's been trying to eliminate Iron Fist, which, can you blame him? Come on now, the Iron Fist, and he's just sitting there on the bridge going, you know, Iron Fist, I really wanted to get rid of it. It was very disappointing. <laughs> It was not going in the direction anyone expected, though, so I was unable to catch it. Ah, <laughs> uh, so, so the Iron Fist is Warlord Zinges or yeah. the Singes? It's it's probably Zinge, probably, but it might be Singe. It could as be in Singe. It could also be Singe, in which case it's just the, the French word for monkey. Oh yeah, yeah, he's Warlord Monkey. Oh, I mean, it could be a little of both. It could be Singe and Sange, so it's like, what are you? I'm a burnt monkey. <laughs> so, yes, he could be a Singed Sange. 
I mean, Sanj is spelled exactly. Sanj, I was taking a band. <laughs> They're spelled the same. They just mean different things in different languages. But but okay. So Warlord Zinj, which is Z S I N J. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what the last letter of his his uh, Myers Briggs is, but the first three are I N J. He's he's missing that F or T. Yeah, we need to know that if he's an F or a T. Unfortunately, we don't meet him this chapter, so we are unable to answer this question for you. Oh, well, what it must be is that he's actually right in the middle. Oh, he's a cusper. Yeah, so... Is there a special word for those? Are they very proud of themselves on the internet? I, I would assume they're not, because then it just doesn't mean you didn't take a stance on anything. Oh, okay. You're one of those, come on, man, shitter, get off the pot on this one. <laughs> I need to know if you're an F or a T or a S or J or... Or a W, or a skeleton. <laughs> if you're some kind of lizard person. Maybe you're a skeleton warrior. Okay, <laughs> so Warlord Zinj is one of the big people still holding on to the reins of... of oh, yeah, he's eight shri- foot tall. Well, actually, he is a big fat dude. I don't know if you know what he looks like. I don't. Oh, well, I was like, oh, good, you're telling me all about your campaign against Warlord Zinj. I do not know who that is, nor do I care. Warlord Zinj is a portly imperial dude with one of those comical 1910s mustaches. Oh, fuck, yes. Yeah, so... God damn, why couldn't this book be about that? <laughs> I really want a book about a portly imperial guy who's just like, Yeah. now <laughs> I'll find all of the goods that you left behind, and then I'll trake them away on my seven. Elephants. I'm going to tie your Princess Leia to these tracks, or she'll be run over by 18 elephants. You must pay the rent. <laughs> I'm going to foreclose on Coruscant. <laughs> Motley, if we stop and cheat, we'll be sure to win these wacky races. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. <laughs> so, so no, he is, he is a big portly imperial dude, big white dude, with a comical rounded wax-ass mustache. Oh, god damn. Like a W. Like a cartoon W just stuck itself to his face. Like a Wario's mustache. Like a Wiener Schnitzel logo up in there. <laughs> Good. That's what I want. That's all I want. I want him to be a Whataburger as a mustache. <laughs> so, so Warlord Zingio uh, is... It's me. Zingio. I'm wearing orange or blue. The two missing colors in the color wheel of Mario's. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, we don't really get that much Warlord Zinj. It's a setup for the future, and there's a lot of future for Warlord Zinj. Uh, he gets picked up again in a, a different person's books and has a completely different personality and stuff, so look forward to that happening someday in the future. Boo. It's funny. Uh, I, I, but, okay, as he leaves hyperspace, Han is freaking the fuck out, and it's just him and Chewbacca and a bunch of Moncals on this bridge. Uh because uh, floating in space right in front of him is a huge battle fleet, like a crazy huge one, like 120 ships or something. Oh, yeah. There's a shit ton of Imperial Star Destroyers, as well as 63 heaping battle dragons. Battle dragons? I was like, what are they, star dragons? No, No, that's a different thing entirely. That's a different thing in Star Wars. Nope, these are heaping battle dragons. Battle dragons, the kind of thing that was missing from the naming conventions of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Uh, they're described as being huge disks, so it's like the planet is actually being invaded by UFOs. Just like the Hapies are described as huge dicks. <laughs> that's almost completely correct, yes. Yeah. So the Hapen Battle Dragons are a ship that's specifically built uh, for the defense of the Hapies Confederacy, or Consortium, I forget which one it is. Confederacy. Confederacy, which is 63 high-tech worlds that are super isolationist. Yeah, they are... A group that managed to be like, we don't have anything to fucking do with the Empire, we didn't have anything to do with the Republic, Mm -hmm. we are our own rad, badass, uh, little confederacy that hangs out and we don't give a shit about anyone. We're super high-tech and we are super, super uh, uh, blustery. If you come anywhere near us, we're likely to shoot you just for coming into our airspace. Oh yeah, they are ridiculously isolationist in that Mm -hmm. they're like, oh no, if you come into our space, we will murder you. Please leave. We're not going to go to your space. Your space is balls. Fuck off. Uh-huh. So Han freaks the fuck out because, you know, he's run into Hapens apparently before. Oh, yeah. Uh, he, he apparently ran, like, 20 smuggler ships into Hapen territory, even though it was the neutral. Each of them containing its own elephant. 20 different elephant ships. <laughs> we were smuggling elephants. 12 each. <laughs> so now we're up to uh, 240 elephants. elephants. <laughs> In case you were wondering where we were at with the elephant joke, folks, it's 240 right now. Uh, But apparently, out of these 20 smuggle ships, they met a battle dragon, Mm -hmm. and two of them managed to escape. Luckily, Han was on one of the two. This was years before he met Leia and and Luke and so on. Oh, yeah. This is back in the days when, When, I don't know, he was probably (laughs) hanging out with... 
Zinged? No, not Zinged. You know, from the last fucking Crystal Star book. What's her name? Oh, yeah, shit. Um, Oh, God, why can't I remember her name? Probably because she doesn't matter at all. No, she doesn't do anything or matter to the plot. Real, re, no, no, Riao is the woman. Yeah, it's, it's Ziri? Ziri? Zaveri? Z- Z- oh, yeah, Zaveri? that's right. Zaveri. Zaveri. <laughs> X-A-V-E-R-R-I. Yeah, that's X-A-V- why I was like... Z- Xaveri. Yeah. Xaviery. Xaviery. It's uh, where I keep all my Professor Xaviers, my Xaviery. (laughs) (laughs) They come and land on my shoulder. (laughs) Fascinating, Gene. And they just fly away again. (laughs) (laughs) Fascinating. (laughs) I mean, sadly, uh, Professor X doesn't really have all that much of a catchphrase, does he? No. I mean... It's not like you'd land on your shoulder and be like, great jumping jillikers, and fly away, and you'd be like, that's Caesar's ghost. (laughs) That's our classic (laughs) Professor X. You know what he's always saying? (laughs) What the dickens? Oh, my bald babies. (laughs) The Professor Xavier. I love this concept. (laughs) I want a Professor Xavier so bad. I feel like it just fits into that zoo that you saw in that one Mr. Sinister comic the one time. Remember that, where there was like the whole room full of like Cyclopses? And that's just, you just didn't see the Professor Xavier. It's probably over in the Polar exhibit. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> well, Professor Xavier's aren't comfortable in bright daylight. We have to go into a nighttime tunnel to look at the Xavier. <laughs> <laughs> They're all in there like, I'll use Cerebro. Cere- Cerebro. Cere- Cerebro. Cerebro. <laughs> ah, their mating call. Cerebro. Gene. <laughs> so, okay. Uh,. <laughs> Yeah, just like he was probably hanging around with Zaveri, or, you know, any one of the characters from the new con- continuity of what was Han Solo up to. Yeah, which he, I don't know. Yeah, where he was hanging around with Kira and Kryden or Shira. Dryden or something, plus Woody Harrelson was there. And also, I am. <laughs> yes, and also you were there. I'm there. Yeah. And you were there, and you were there. <laughs> so so Han freaks the fuck out, and he immediately calls for evasive maneuvers, and the Mon Ramonda goes spinning into the into the battle, flying around between all these various Hapen ships and trying oh, yeah, to put it. like, I need to dive towards the the planet and then also like get in between the ships. So if they fire on us, they might hit each other. Yeah, and he's we get a good... Two paragraphs of him, like, calling out battle orders and spinning the ship around and stuff. And then eventually this dude named Captain Onoma, who is the Mon Cal who's in charge of the uh, the actual Mon Ramonda, is like, whoa, no, everyone calm down and stop it. Just hey, belay that order. Belay that order. No no crazy maneuvers. No shooting. Everyone, everyone chill the fuck out. And Han's like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, they're completely peaceful ships. None of them have fired on us. You can see the Republic fleet right over there not engaging with them. And uh, <laughs> all of our defenses on the ground are intact and not shooting none of them have powered weapons so uh maybe uh (laughs) chill the fuck out my dude take it down a notch han (laughs) i just love this scene from the perspective of the hapens where like some shit comes out and it just starts going spinning around like just a crazy motherfucker just dodging between them but never firing a shot thankfully oh no it's like, what happened? Oh, this ship came out of hyperspace and then just started running around like a toddler with too much sugar in its system. It was just like, Yeah. So eventually, you know, once Han gets settled down, which I assume involves Chewie give him a, giving him a back rub and stuff, they, they land the ship and Han finally gets to see Leia, who he's been thinking about for like two months, but has not seen or spoken to in that time. Yeah, he calls up Leia on the old hollow vid. Yeah, the old hollow vid, which you wonder why he needs to be on planet to do it, but whatever. And uh, she looks super happy. She's very chill at the moment for some reason. She's like, oh, Han, everything's going so wonderfully. Oh, all these hapens are here to give us gifts. And I, they they came and they're sending ambassadors. And it's amazing. Normally, they're so isolationist. But now they're here. They're here and they want to talk to we. It's great. Everything's great, and I love it. Everything's perfect. Anyway, you should come to the procession, because there's going to be like a parade, and then they're going to announce some stuff, and then we'll have like a like a formal proceeding, so come and meet me. And there's going to be cake. <laughs> but please, could you stop off at Vaughn's and pick up a crudite tray? <laughs> could you get don't, me? Don't give me that one that has the giant $5 sticker on it, please. I don't want to look low class. <laughs> come on. I don't, don't just get me the one that's like carrots and hummus. Give me something good. <laughs> Give me one of those Hormel Black Label ones with the smoked turkey chunks. Ooh. And he's like, no, I don't want to buy that. That just tastes like a scaled-up Lunchable. <laughs> well, too bad. <laughs> That's what I've asked for. So Hapens love Lunchables. It's well known. <laughs> Hapens are crazy for Lunchables. <laughs> True facts about Hapens. They love Lunchables and Squeezits and, oh, I don't know, Dunkaroos. That's it. 
<laughs> so Han follows through on this or they land he he him and Chewbacca head forth to uh to find this parade and the parade is super super oh, big it's uh it's important to note by the way that while he's doing his stupid evasive maneuvers completely freaked out he has time to look into the like cockpit of one of these battle dragons and note that damn all them ladies is hot <laughs> Yeah, so there's kind of a running theme among Hapens that we're going to learn in just a second, which is that every single one of them is smoking hot. I, I mean, as we mentioned in the whole Crystal Star thing between uh, goop monsters and sex havers, the Hapens are 100% of the sex haver oh, variety. Oh, yeah. They are, well, they're human. Uh, they're, they're just human, but they are so sexful. Well, they've... From what I know, they've sun- semi-split off from humanity. Like, they've been isolated for oh, so, so long. They've elf-sub-raced? Yeah. They're like, oh, we've been too far gone from the main race, and now we've gone weird minor race. So here's a question I have for you, John. Are we pronouncing hapes correctly? Do you think it's hapes or hapes? Well, it's just H-A-P-E-S. So it could be hapes or happies or... Oh, or, yeah, or they're, ha- they're the happies. <laughs> the happies. Or they could be the hapes. They could be the hapes. They, they could have come from the planets of the hapes. Yep. There's there's no way to know for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, hape will not kill hape. <laughs> Do they not know hape law? <laughs> <laughs> I hate every hape I see. <laughs> so uh, I, I think I'm just going to go with hapes because it feels right to me. Yeah, I mean, if there's one thing I know, it's that whenever you're dealing with Han, you're going to get some hapes. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, at least this should be a fairly simplex version of that story. <laughs> Indeed. So he ends up at this big parade processional thing, and there's a whole bunch of people and droids and aliens, all all kinds of people milling around and waiting to catch a glimpse of the Hapens. But luckily, he spots someone he immediately recognizes right out there in the crowd. And wouldn't you know it, it's the only droid he can easily recognize at a glance because somehow this droid is even more annoying than every other droid that's just like him, and it's C-3PO. Oh, yeah. The description of like, oh, of course I could tell it was C-3PO. He's a Nancy little bitch, and I could (laughs) totally tell it was him. And I'm like, thanks, Han. The rod up his butt is one meter longer than a rod up a droid's butt is supposed to be. Oh, yeah. This guy's even more untype and min- uptight and mincing than normal. Speaking of mincing, once he meets up with C-3PO, who is super excited to see him and happy and everything, he starts hearing the processional marching tune that that, that is being played in, in anticipation of the Hapen arrival, which is described, and I'm, I kid you not, the book describes it as, a surprisingly mincing marching tune played on janglers and woot horns. Woot horns? <laughs> woot horns. I got you all in check. Woot woot. Yeah, that's all the woot horn does. You just hit it and goes woot woot. Which is a problem because woot woot is not especially mincing. Yeah, but the janglers are. The janglers are. They have to be covering a lot of ground to make up for the woot woot Also, horns. wasn't that a Stephen King book, The Janglers? I'm sure it was. It was a set of haunted castanets. <laughs> oh, no, the janglers are coming for me. <laughs> I have to seek out the wisdom of disabled child. Ah, <laughs> uh, these wind chimes have become haunted from Native Americans, and now this small boy, <laughs> he needs to tell me how to use the shine to beat the janglers. <laughs> It's fine if he doesn't, though, because the book's just going to peter out at the end either way. Oh, yeah. I mean, it gets to the end, and he's like, and then I beat the Janglers by, I don't know, fire? The power yeah. of love? Something? I asked nicely? I don't care. We had a sex party in a in a sewer, and now everything's fine? Ah, uh, sewer sex party. <laughs> Normally featuring the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so yeah, a, a unusual mincing march played on janglers and woot horns. I'm still not sure what that sounds like. I, I have no idea. I have no idea what a mincing march is. No, neither do I. It sounds mean, kind of. I don't think it meant what they wanted it to mean, or what Dave Wolverton, the author of this book, wanted it to mean. Yeah, I it no sounds idea. like it sounds like they used the janglers and the woot horns to play a super gay march. <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say it because that's what that word kind of stereotypically flaming sort of and and i don't think that that's what he wanted it to. i don't think that's what he wanted but it might have been managed to use these janglers and woot horns to play a gloria estefan song (laughs) i mean if you wanted to go with mincing we'd do some some shitty show tunes we do like shapoopy yeah probably shapoopy or like some 15th century baroque stuff uh maybe maybe some vivaldi i mean if you're talking about a mincing march then yeah yeah like a a good old-fashioned waltz (laughs) I feel like a mincing march is just any John Philip Sousa tune played slightly too fast and all on kazoos. 
Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, the famous John Philip Sousa Jurassic Park theme. It's the only thing that came to mind as soon as you said kazoo. I could not get that thing out of my head. (laughs) But that's not a kazoo. It's a, what do you call those? It's a, oh, it's that combination of a piano and a little air tube that you can blow into. (laughs) Piano and a little air tube. Oh, melodica. It's a melodica. Yeah. Good. Because for a second there, some melodica aficionado was super mad at me. So mad. Okay. So uh, he, he ends up following uh, 3PO. This is Han who ends up following 3PO to kind of a reception space where they can watch the whole processional event take place. Yeah. He's supposed to go to the Alderaan balcony because here in the My New car. Republic Hall, mm-hmm. uh, there are balconies for every world that's part of it. So there are hundreds of balconies each with their own little uh like banner for that world yeah it's like skyboxes yeah he gets up in like a skybox like he's in a mets game or something or he just ends up in that old senate from the prequels i was gonna say it's basically like the senate from the prequels but if it was held in a castle yeah sure enough so he ends up hanging out with a couple of alderanian dudes like some survivors the remnant they call themselves the leftover alderanians yeah uh so there's a couple of mon mothma mon mothma's in there i think she is i think she is alderanian I don't know that she is. I forget. I forget. I know Holdo is. Yeah. Uh, but then again, Holdo existed long, long after this book, so who knows, right? Who could possibly know? Yeah. Okay. So we've got Carlist Riakan, who's actually a character in the movies. Uh, he's one of the various old dude generals who talks to our, our uh, heroes before they go off to kill a Death Star or something. Uh, the Alderanian, yep, he commanded the Hoth base. Uh, Threken Horm, president of the powerful Alderanian Council, who is basically kind of a... You know, a floating fat guy, that that archetype, kind yeah, of a Baron Harkonnen. He's in his uh, Professor X chair. Yeah, he's in a floaty chair because he's too fat to stand. He's one of those, Yeah, one of those, I'm, I'm so fat that I must fly type characters. <laughs> too fat to walk, and not Mon- fat enough to not fly. Yeah, and then Mon Mothma's there along with a Gotal. She's yeah, hanging- some Gotal that's just pointing his horns right down at Princess Leia. Yeah, he's down there checking the- checking her out with all of his sweet horn action. He's like, ooh, she tastes all smoky and electric. I can tell because my species is superior because of these sweet cone horns. Look at these cones I got. Except I think this Gotal's not a dick about it. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, he's allowed into the box. You'd yeah. assume not. He's probably a cool dude. So this is this is the friendly Gotal and not that shitty Feltapern Travag. Yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, you can tell because he's a gray Gotal, where Feltapern was... Some kind of green. Some kind of green. Some kind of deeply unpleasant green. Ah. All right. So at that point, he ends up just talking to Mon Mothma because he doesn't really want to talk to any of these other weirdos. Which I love that the story is like, oh, yeah, Mon Mothma lets him know, like, oh, I wasn't even invited down there to be where the procession is happening, even though I'm the motherfucker in charge of yeah, the entire no, Republic. No, she is the president of this situation, so it's weird that she's stuck on the Alderaan Council's little skybox balcony. Oh, yeah, she was like, oh, the, the Hapens are like, no, we just want to meet with Leia. That's yeah, and it. It's, and, and she knows why. She's even, she'll flat out tell Han why. It's like, the Hapens are super traditionalist. They only want to meet with a princess. Yeah, they just want royalty, that's it. And Leia's the one who went and met with them in the first place, so they're going to meet with her now. Yeah, she's so she's the first one to meet them. That's why they aren't sending a random other like king or prince or something from one of the other uh, worlds that makes up the delegation of the Republic. Yeah, you think like they could also send the consistently is a queen senator from Naboo? Yeah, but no. Yeah, well, and also Naboo didn't exist. So Han is grumpy that he's not down there, and then apparently the fact that Mon Mothma isn't also allowed down there, he's like, now I'm even more grumped up. Yeah, he kind of. Han feels like he has a real strong stake in this situation. He's kind of like, I'm grumpy on my own behalf. I feel like I should have been involved in the process of meeting with this group of super powerful aliens from space. Oh, yeah. Like, they're like, why? You're not. You're like a military dude. And yeah, but they, that's my woman down there, and she shouldn't meet with anyone unless I'm there. And, and, and then they're like, but you guys haven't been dating. That's, that's a core point of the show, or, or the book here, is that you guys haven't seen each other in months, and there was nothing official happening. Uh. And he's like, well, damn it, I'm, I'm still grumpy. Rabbit, <laughs> rabbit. Do 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 do. He plays on his piano of rage. Okay, so uh, at this point, we might as well cut down to what's going on with Leia. So Leia is sitting on a big kind of dais throne thing. Yeah, and sure enough, here come a bunch of hapens. And the hapens are all impossibly willowy and beautiful. It's like they come from planet and rice. Yeah, they're just. It is a whole species of sex havers. Yep. So, and they're they're coming out all flipping and dancing and jangling with their ringlets that they have in their hair and clothes and stuff. And it's, oh yeah, they're, it's it's a big know, old David Bowie labyrinth procession. Yeah. The like the first 
uh, thing opens up to let them out, and they're like, oh, and out come all of these dancers that are impossibly beautiful and limber and willowy clothes. And oh, you can all, see their long legs. They're all so hot. One of them's got a reflective peach-colored dress on, and she comes up to a microphone, and she says something in what I assume is going to be a lot of hapen language in this book, as she suddenly announces... Elene Celebeth a Ta'a Chumay Shakalea Ereneseth A Apele Saranel Hapes Renetheli Sarun Kapla <laughs> Which is weird because that causes Han to lean over and be like, Hey uh, hey three PO, do you speak this language? And he's like, Would you quit asking me that? I speak every fucking language. Well, except no, because he's like Oh, well, yes, I speak six million, but I must have it wrong. This Goodbye. is fu- This is awful. Because he's like, hey, translate that for me, 3PO. Here's why 3PO shouldn't exist, and he should just be like, you know, your phone. Yeah. Like, just your your phone, which says the translate. Because if I'm like, hey, Google, uh, can you translate the following phrase for me? It's like, I cannot. I have failed you. Oh, oh, my, my, my phone must be all rusty that I'm in because, because it didn't work. And good day. Hmm. And he's like, no, please tell me what you said. I can't. I have a faulty logic circuit. It, it's, it's hot outside. Oh, no. I must have gotten this wrong. I'm oh. late for spin class. <laughs> oh, Rodrigo's going to hate it. <laughs> if I don't get his corgi walked by six... <laughs> And he's like, uh, you know, basically, uh, he forces Chewie to tell him what the hapies of hapens of, are saying. C three PO. Yes, he forces Chewie. Chewie, tell me what they said. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that everyone else just has a like universal translator thing that they're wearing. Yeah, because everyone Han, else is just like, oh, I've got a little headset. It tells me what they say. I know. And Han hates them. He doesn't like the headsets, but he also doesn't like three PO. And I feel like make a compromise, buddy. I mean, come on. Also, why do you even need these guys? Now that we've established that, yes, you do have universal translators that you can just wear, what's this guy doing? Yeah, and here's here's the thing. This is all the Hapen said. Uh, we honor you, Princess Leia, uh, as an e- as equals, and and all sixty three words worlds of Hapes like present you with gifts or something. And the thing that that uh, that. 3PO cannot tolerate in his mind at all that the thing that must be rust in his brain is that Ta'a Chumay, the queen of all hapies or whatever, uh, regards no one as her equal. In fact, her name in hapies means she who is without equal. So that can't possibly what be what they have said, and, and, and yet indeed it is. Yeah. I'm like, come on, dude, just... Don't give me, like, a 20-minute runaround on what this means. Yeah, just, just tell me what the words were. Just say the thing. Anyway, at this point, the procession of gifts doth begin. Uh, it turns out there are 63 different planets that make up the Hapes Confederacy, and each and every one of them is going to bring forth a mighty gift to lay at the feet of the Princess Leia. Yeah, and, you know, we start out with shit that's like, what is this? Oh, an entire chest full of jewels, but the the jewels are actually sentient creatures that lie dormant for thousands of years and then they'll like wake up and i guess fucking have gem babies at some point something anyway here's a whole chest full of these glowy gems of various colors oh yeah normally one of these would be a crazy expensive thing and she got a whole chest of mated pairs yeah and you have to be really careful because if you put two mated pairs together and they're the same color then all four of those will blink out (laughs) and that can cause horrible chain reactions it'll get rid of most of them oh yeah well i mean it's gonna turn one into like a little trapezoid and then one's just a glowing ball (laughs) yeah and if you can fit that glowing ball into a set of the other gems it'll wipe out a whole line of them oh yeah you're gonna you're gonna get rid of a column you might even get rid of all of one of the colors of gems yeah that's why it's really important to not keep these things loose in chests <laughs> yeah but instead to stay uh, safely store them in neat vertical stacks indeed <laughs> so they just upend this chest full of living cocoon super creatures onto uh, onto the floor in front of her and she's just kind of like mm-hmm, indeed yep. yes indeed because uh, the whole point here is much like a shizor where i'm sure he has a whole bunch of these glowy gem creatures like nestled into the, sh- the thick shag of his carpeting because huh. he's just like yes look how valuable i could buy an rv with this one clunk uh, like uh <laughs> she i could buy an rv with this mm-hmm. one that's how much that's they're worth the level of wealth that we're going with we've stopped using bands well, everyone it's now rvs well yeah because this is super high class shenanigans we're looking at if, if they had offered up a bunch of regular gems if they'd been like and yes from the first of our 63 planets a big box of cubic zirconia oh i mean if they were like here's a big thing of emeralds you could buy ten thousand bands with these here's so many polished tiger's eyes you can buy a band with this box 
a band and a ticket off planet. <laughs> For, I assume, one of you. For probably you. You, you. Uh, hopefully the band that you bought is actually just musical instruments. Uh. Because because we didn't mention anything about six tickets off planet. Yeah. So so that's the first gift she receives, is a mighty box full of living cocoon gems. And then, fr- uh, and that's brought to her by people who are dressed like kind of super fancy high fashion. The next people who come out are dressed as super sexy druids. They're wearing rugged leather. And with with uh, but they're still tall and impossibly willowy with face paint and rugged leather and things in their hair like twigs and, and and shells and stuff. And they place before her a little potted fruit tree. Yeah, and this is the tree of wisdom. And it's said that if you eat this, you will know the difference between good and evil and realize you're naked. <laughs> what it actually means is if you eat from this and you're old enough already, then it will grant you knowledge for each piece of fruit that you eat. It's so weird to be like, oh, yeah, this is a tree that when you eat from it, it makes you smarter, but only if you're old enough. And I'm like, what? That sounds like a racket. I'm, that sounds like that. That sounds like the kind of a, the qualifier you put on something so you can sell it to people. And oh, that's like, definitely the yeah. emperor's clothes. Yeah. And then when they try it, they're like, I didn't get any smarter. You're like, yeah, you're not old enough. Yeah, well, obviously, you're not old. You gotta wait until you're old. Apparently, the tree thinks you're quite a sprightly young man still. You should be flattered by the tree. Ah. Anyway, pay me $50 and I'll put some better fruit on it. <laughs> put some better fruit on it. <laughs> so we get our. Here, I, I put a pineapple on there now. <laughs> the best of fruit. I think we can safely agree between John and I that the pineapple is the greatest of all fruit. Yeah, of all possible fruit, pineapple. The Pi- best. Pineapple is the winner of the fruit competition. Yeah. I don't know that we can agree on a second fruit. I what, want a fruit salad what's that's your... just pineapple. <laughs> just pineapple, please. Just have some of it in rings and some of it in chunks. Yeah. <laughs> so we have one more guy who trapes out with a unique special gift before we kind of move into the more generic stuff. This guy is a mighty battle cyborg of the Hapens. Uh, he is dressed in gleaming silver armor and uh. he has mini robot parts. Yeah. Uh, and he's standing at rigid attention, and he places before her the famous and legendary Hapen Gun of Command. Oh, my, thinks Han. Oh, look at that thing. I have no idea what that is. I'm Han, and I'm the audience surrogate in this. The Harry Potter, if you will. And he gets told by, I think, Mon Mothman, it's like, oh, this is a famous weapon, and it's why no one could ever fight the Hapens, because their legions would go out with these guns of command and shoot the enemies and then they would lose all free will and they wouldn't be able to be able to tell what like the difference between their thoughts and the commands of someone else were so yeah basically what they do is they make you ultra suggestible uh, unaware of yourself and completely pliable to enemy command they are ak roofy sevens oh yeah they just zap you and you're like i don't know what's going on hey you should come with me i should go with you yeah because i shot you with my date rape rifle yeah that is exactly what the gun of command is yeah it's so the problem with this is it's really hard to tell mon mothma describes this thing being the reason that no one's ever been able to successfully invade hapes and yet they never talk about anyone else having one they make it look like this is the only hapen gun of command yeah, I mean, when she describes it, they're like, oh, yeah, no, a whole legion of these dudes will have these. So this is kind of like a 40K thing where it's like all the cool stuff you find is actually just something from the old days that there's only one left of. No, I think this is just a matter of it'd be like if someone presented somebody with like, and here, a bazooka. Yeah, I guess like, that's fair. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty impressive. So, so yeah, the hapen gun of date rape is placed before her. Uh, and then after that, she starts just receiving more generic gifts. Some of them bring her jewels. And, and I love that the the description of it is, oh, the poor planets just brought her Star Destroyers. Well, there are 63 Star Destroyers out in orbit, or a crazy number of them. There's not 63. No, there's a bunch of them, but they were just like, oh, the poor ones who couldn't offer cool gifts gave her Star Destroyers. Yeah, so she's given a ton of Star Destroyers by the cool by the poor planets, and the even poorer planets start showing up with like some weird shit. Oh, there's one that's like, an old woman comes out and tells her uh, some advice and then gives her an esoteric puzzle to think about. Mm-hmm. And it's not even a good puzzle, like the kind where you can hold it and like flip things around. It's not a bop it. No, there, she was just like, hey, here's a puzzle for you. <laughs> Why don't you get out there and do stuff? Okay, now, I am going to present you with the all-important wisdom puzzle of my people, the poor planet of poor planet seven. Uh, okay, so... There is a man on one bank of a river with a <laughs> goose and a fox and a bag of corn. Okay, well, one, I have a question for you. What is a goose? <laughs> Two. It's a star goose, much like how there are definitely ducks in Star Wars because of Naboo. Oh, yeah. 
Well, at that point, if someone goes, oh, it's like a star goose, and they go, okay. Okay, it's a star goose. Okay, what's a fox? It's like Star Fox. It's like the character Star Fox. <laughs> oh, okay. So not, star- the, not the Nintendo character Star Fox, Thanos' brother. Yeah, it's Thanos' brother, a bag of loose corn, and a star goose are hanging out on the on the bank of a river. I like to think that all birds in Star Wars are exactly the same. It's just that they have Millennium in front of their name. The Millennium Goose. So it's the Millennium Goose, Star Fox's brother, or sorry, Thanos' brother, Eros, or or Star Fox, and a bag of loose corn and on of course, one side of a river. If you leave Star Fox there, he's going to eat that Millennial Goose. <laughs> yeah, but you also can't leave Star Fox alone with the corn, because he loves corn. He's going to eat anything you leave him alone with. <laughs> so you got to take him across first and kill him, because he's a terrible Marvel character, especially because he's... He's basically the date rape of Marvel characters. Oh, yeah. Because his whole power is to make people pliable, and he thinks he's, he's the god of romance. Yeah, he shows up, and he's like, what do you do? Oh, I'm basically Shizor as a character. Like, I fart pheromones that make you be like, I want to fuck. Yeah. There, there's a good reason why, why Star Fox did not make it into Infinity War, <laughs> the movie. Well, I mean... <laughs> None of the other Titans did, so let's <laughs> let's be fair there. We didn't get a Fire Lord or anything. That's true. We didn't get a Terax the Tamer. Wait, no, hang on. He's just a he's just one of the heralds of Galactus. Exactly. All right. So uh, they also bring her <laughs> a puzzle and some some poems and stuff like that. If they're from the poor planets, but everyone gives her at least a Star Destroyer. Now at the end of this. What I have to assume is almost like two hours of procession of just being handed random gifts, and at the end she's just piled up like she's sitting in Santa's workshop. And also, it's worth noting that the entire time the this entire is happening, the entire time this is happening, there's a the chorus of like willowy sex women that came out to begin with are doing a chorus, and they're just saying hapies. Over and over again. It's all they're saying. Yeah, they just sing the name of their confederacy over and over again. And here's the problem with this, and it's something I noticed immediately. I don't know if John did. He, probably, I, mean, I, I did because you told I, me. I spoiled it for him, and I apologize for that, because I would have loved to see if you came to the same conclusion. They they go back to them to have them say hapies three or four times throughout the course of the chapter, and each time, it's three repeated words, hapies. Yeah, which they're means, like, oh, they keep saying the same thing. Hapies, hapies, hapies. And so I didn't hear it as that. The moment I started reading it, I read it as hapies, hapies, hapies. Hapies, 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 hapies. <laughs> like, there's a procession of people bringing your treasure, and they're doing a conga dance the whole time. Oh, yeah. That's it's, what's going on in my head. It's a conga line of people with gifts. It's like, hapies, 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 gems. <laughs> gems, hapies, 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 tree. <laughs> yeah. And that is amazing. The other thing is, when I was looking at it, I tried to think of it as anything else. And when I tried to think of it as hapes, I was like, hapes, 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 hapes. <laughs> Just, like just chanting, just chanting, apes, <laughs> apes, 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 apes. No, they not ape law. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what we would we would picture from here. Yeah, yeah. So Pick eventually, that. she gets sixty two gifts from these mighty hapens, and then she's like, Leia, being very very cool and nonchalant, is like, Ah, I see you have brought me sixty two presents, but I recall that there are sixty three planets in the Hapes Confederacy. You said you brought me something from every planet. Why, where could that be? Now, where, of course, is the gift from Hapes itself? Oh my God! And I, I'm glad that at least Han was like, "Damn, you seem like a greedy bitch for saying that." <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure that she's very well trained in how to do this. So we, we oh yeah, the, she's she's like oh I get it. This was supposed to be an are you paying attention puzzle. Yeah. Of- so she's like, where's the thing from Hapies? And sure enough, the ambassador lady, the one who said something in Hapen earlier, is like, oh you you saw through our ruse. Oh, so clever. You did notice that. And then so so she reaches up and claps twice, and out from a ship belly or something comes the gift from Hapies itself. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, really, Hapies is the gift that keeps on giving. Oh, it really is. <laughs> That's why I take Valtrex to deal with the Hapies. <laughs> when Hapies flares up in your Coruscant, <laughs> try Valtrex. <laughs> I named my murder droid Valtrex, by the way. And you definitely should. It's a great name for a Darth, too. Yeah, Darth Valtrex. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I want to do a Star Wars game now. <laughs> I'm Darth Valtrex, and I hate Hapies. <laughs> I'm here to destroy the Hapies. <laughs> No matter what I do, they keep coming back. I eradicated the cold sore nebula of Antrek 3. <laughs> so, anyway, the thing that's a gift to her, for some reason kind of bound, it is a sexy dude. Yeah. <laughs> a sexy dude comes out, and he's got a little they veil. danced and capered. <laughs> he's, a, he's got a little black veil on, so you can't see his cool face. 
but he's got cascading, majestic, gr- steel gray hair running down to his shoulders. Ugh. Uh, he's broad-chested and muscled, and he's wearing an open, puffy shirt. <laughs> he comes out looking like Seinfeld in a puffy shirt. <laughs> Except sexy, though. So he's basically, they, they, just give him, they just give her a sex pirate. Yeah, out comes a sex pirate, and even Han is like, God damn. That is the sexiest dude. Like, I ain't, you know, gay or nothing, but I wouldn't kick him out of bed. Han's like, look at those eyes. Those yeah. are fuck me eyes. <laughs> he's wearing a big circlet that he's hanging the vase from, and he's again he is super muscly, but we haven't seen his eyes yet. And in his hands, he is carrying an or- or- ornate box of blackest j- jet inlaid with silver. And then they basically bring him right up to Leia, where he kneels, and then they say something in Hapen to him, and it's like we present you with this guy, Pr- uh, Prince Isolder Chume, the the Lord of all Hapes and the future king, uh, future king of all Hapes. Uh, that you may take him as your husband. And then they flip the veil up, and sure enough, it's the sexiest, eye-piercingliest, prettiest man you've ever done seen. Oh, yeah. And so pretty, in fact, that he made his way onto the cover of the book. <laughs> this is a rare occasion. We, uh, Shizor didn't make it onto the cover of his own book. So uh, so here we have him, uh, Princey Solder, and he is definitely kind of a doof. He kind of looks like Elrond, or... Uh, yeah. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah, he kind of looks like Elrond from the Lord of the Rings books. Like, he's got some Hugo weaving going on in there. Yeah, he's a little... He's a little chunky. I was going to say, he's a... He looks like a little chunkster in the he's, face. Yeah, there's I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. He's just... He's kind of got a hairline towards the back and a little bit of extra up carriage. Yeah, I, I mean, nothing nothing saying he's not good looking. I still it's wouldn't just, kick him out of bed, exactly. He's just got, kind of got a big Hugo Weaving vibe going he's on. Just, he's got he's a little big-faced. He's got big Hugo Weaving energy. <laughs> big Weaving energy. Big Weaving energy, just radiating off this guy. And uh, he doesn't really get to do anything in the chapter. He just kind of looks at Leia and his smolders. Yeah, and, you know, Han's like, what the fuck? She's not going to do that. And Mon Mothma just looks at Han and goes, are you fucking kidding me? There are 63 of the most powerful fucking planets ever, and they want to join with us to destroy the remnants of the Empire. They gave for, us a date rape gun. For all of our sake, she better fucking marry him. Yeah, she needs to put a ring on that shit, buddy. That's a doctor. A doctor, honey. <laughs> honey, five aces. <laughs> so, anyway, that ends the, ch- the first chapter with Mon Mothma being like, four everyone's sake i hope leia takes one for the team oh yeah just (laughs) fucking do it i don't care also have you seen him i mean look at that guy we're like 600 feet away and i am feeling it (laughs) i'm 70 years old and i am dripping (laughs) that guy just cracked me open like a garage door and i can only sort of make out his features (laughs) so uh so yeah that ends the first chapter will leia marry prince Solder? The the uh, the crown prince of Hapes or whatever. Oh yeah. Meanwhile, we jump all the way across space and time. It's 1972. The sky is smoggy in the in the hills of Chicago. <laughs> I, I don't know. I felt it'd be fun to jump to a completely wrong set, uh, setting. I mean, honestly, uh, oh, the hills of Chicago was pretty much a failing right away. I don't think there are any. <laughs> There's no hills in Chicago. <laughs> Chicago's all flatland. Yeah. So sorry about that, Chicagans. <laughs> Chicagoans. That's what they call themselves, right? Chicagans. Chicagos. The Ketchupaters. Is that it? The Ketchupaters. <laughs> the Ketchupaters. I think that's what it is. They, yeah, they... you catch a pater by the toe. Uh-huh. <laughs> and if it hollers, have a hot dog with a whole fucking salad on it. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Take that, Chicago. Yeah, what's up now? <laughs> we need two kinds of pickles on our hot dogs. <laughs> Whoa, we can't just eat them like normal folk. Oh, no. I have to have three hot dogs worth of toppings on here. <laughs> I'm the only person in the country who knows what sport peppers is. <laughs> They're like regular peppers, but they got little jerseys on them. That's what it is. Yeah. And sports bras. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we cut to what Luke is up to, because just like every other Star Wars book that's about the original cast, you have to start them in disparate locations. Yeah, you can't just have a story about the people that are in this book. Yeah. It always has to be, these people are over here, these people are over here, eventually they'll get together. Yes. That's all there is. There's always going to be a huge coincidence that drags them into a, into a, a center point. Yeah. And I remember what that is for this book, and it's stupid. Well, I mean, when we get this second chapter, it's basically just, Luke was on a planet, and he was jedi 
He Jedi'd as hard as he could. He went into your bathroom and Jedi'd up your counter real bad. And then as he Jedi'd out the window, he said, that's crazy. I'm a light side and then died. <laughs> so Luke is doing what he did in uh, several video games and several books, which is out wandering the universe, looking for clues about the, the remnants of the Jedi Order. Uh, he is presently on the planet that Whiphids come from. Yeah, he's on the, the planet Taloon. Tal- yeah, I, I think, think it's something like Taloon or Tallulah or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's the planet Cholula. It's the, pla- it's the planet Tapatio. It's the planet Chalupa. <laughs> Nacho cheese Chalupa. Oh, welcome to planet Chalupa. That's my new bar. It's just Tula. Ah, uh, Tula. Yeah, it's just the planet Tula. Uh, he's hanging out with a big old whiphead who's never given a name. So it's not Valerian or the other one that we got to meet at the one time. Duop. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Valerian or Lorelei. <laughs> It's not Valerian, it's not Loreline, it's not Doo-Wop, it's not Motown. <laughs> None of these. None of these things. So instead he's hanging out with a big, pale, white whiphead uh, who's described as huge and his fur is rustling in the icy Arctic breeze. It's like, apparently Tula is like a tundra planet. Oh yeah, well they, that's that's the Tula planet, or yeah. the whiphead planet is, what are you from? We're from a weird ice planet mostly that isn't as bad as Hoth. Yeah, it's a less Hothy Hoth. Uh, they've come. They've made their way to like a cave out in the rocks and off in the distance, Luke is watching as a pair of, or a whole pack of something called snow demons goes chasing after a whole different pack of something called Motmots. Yeah, and fucking his guide is just like, oh, I gotta go fuck those guys up. I He's gotta- like, what? Huh? Oh, look, honor dictates that if I see something that I can fight, I go fight it. Yeah. I'm like, you have to be the most worthless culture at that point, because <laughs> how do you get anything done? You're like, all right, it's time to go take out the trash. Ooh, I could fight that thing. Well, presumably they just don't live near stuff they could fight. That probably saves them a lot of time. Ah. But but he's out on the on the tundra plains, and so he sees some snow demons, and he's like, shit, I gotta go fuck up a snow demon. Excuse me, bro, buddy. You he, don't understand. And, we're eating snow demon tonight. We're definitely gonna eat snow demon. And he's like, but not Mot-Mot, though? Fuck Mot-Mot. Fuck that shit. Fuck. I gotta go fight a snow demon. <laughs> so he basically just turns and takes off across the tundra faster than Luke thought he could even run. Oh, yeah. He's got, like, a weapon in each hand, and he's just like, woo! Please excuse me. It's Snow Demon fucking up time. <laughs> and he just vanishes. My, my, my. Look at the time. <laughs> that one, look at that one Snow Demon over there, Luke. That one wants to taste the curb. <laughs> and he just runs off. <laughs> yeah. And Luke's like, okay. Uh, then, all right. Just turns and heads into the cave he was heading for. Uh, he has learned that this this cave is the hiding spot of a post-Clone Wars Jedi Master in, in post-colonial... exile. <laughs> post-colonial Williamsburg... Dude, yes, it's post-colonial. post-colonial Williamsburg. I guess that's after all the hipsters die off. Yeah, that's it. It's just hipster cockroaches now. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's post-Malone went there, and now he's got post-colonial Williamsburg. Okay, I got you. That's good shit. Okay, so... That's, uh, a, that's a joke for the kids out there. I know. I, I think I got it. I don't. I have no idea. Is that a YouTube thing? No. Post-Malone is... He's a music's man. Oh, is he kind of like a, your little yachties? <laughs> like like your Yachty's Lil. <laughs> or my made-up rapper that I, w- I would love to see exist someday, Massive Yachty. Yeah, Massive Yachty. <laughs> I, like to, I, I, I still maintain, John, that any Lil rapper, like your Lil Wayne's and your... Yeah, I'm Massive Wayne. Yeah, if Massive... Anytime you, you just take that Lil and replace it with Massive, way better rapper every time. Massive Tay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, go ahead and write in on, uh, to us if you think that's wrong. Uh, that's that's definitely the one thing from this episode that we want to be a, a a point of discussion. Yeah. What do you think of the concept of Massive Wayne? Yeah, what do you think of Massive and Stell Lil? Yeah, and tell me about Massive Uzi Ver as well. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so... Uh, <laughs> he is he's followed by R2-D2. He's got the R2 with him. Wee Bleep! And, uh, and they go into this cool cave where definitely a Jedi Master once was, and he thinks to himself... Vader must have been here because they would have needed Vader to kill the Jedi Master. Yeah, I see Stormtrooper tracks, but I can't quite tell if any of these are Vader tracks. Yeah, and Vader, of course, is a size 16 foot. Uh, and I can tell just from looking. I've yeah. seen a few pixels in my time. <laughs> I mean, it seems like it'd be pretty easy to spot Vader's feet, right? Like, you got regular little Stormtroopers, and then, oh, what do you know? A pair of size 16 Converse All-Stars stomped their way in here. Some Trump boots went by. I was going to say, he probably really was more of a... like A, a docs man. A docs man, yeah. <laughs> How much would that change the Vader outfit if he was wearing a nice pair of docs? Just the regular Vader outfit, and then at the bottom it's a <laughs> pair of docs. <laughs> 
better than a pair of chucks. I mean, yeah, I'll say that. <laughs> Vader in his in his size sixteen Manolo Blahnik stalked stalk the, <laughs> the the endless tundra. I feel like these make me unnecessarily tall. They draw attention to it. <laughs> oh God, the the whole fucking cave scene because he's in there because there was some Jedi master who was here, and the reason it's important is. He was the Jedi that took all the Jedi information with him. Yes, he, but he, he had a whole bunch of secret Jedi knowledge. He's just wandering around, Jediing as hard as he can. He's like, "Ooh, I can feel Force, and there was definitely Force here." And then I can, I can feel this Force. There was a Force here. Yeah, there force was def- Force. A conflict occurred here. That's one hundred percent for sure. And I, I can tell that because of the Force. Also, there's fucking grenades that blew up in here. So here's the problem. This is basically what Luke does. He spends a good hour or so wandering around the cave, looking at shit with flashlights, and then he's like, well, this isn't turning up anything useful. This is pointless. Then he closes his eyes and uses the Force and finds the fucking thing immediately. Yeah, like, R2 beeps at him, and he's like, beepity-boop, I found a place that wasn't blown up. Beepity-boop, motherfucker. Yo, beepity-boop, bitches, I got it. (laughs) Hey, join me at (laughs) beepity-becko. So, uh, I want some cheap spaghetti, beepity boop. So he, uh, he, goes he pulls Luke over. Yeah. yeah, there's there's some place that the uh, thermal detonator didn't blow up. It was some dud. Yeah. But they also threw EMP grenades in there for good measure. Yeah, they really did fuck up all this ancient Jedi knowledge. But then they left the wreckage there, I guess, because they had never heard of data reconstruction. But luckily, well, that's what the M- EMP grenades are for. Yeah. We're going to both blow them up physically and blow the data up. Yeah, but then sweep that shit into a bag, you know? Just be just be 100%. 100%. <laughs> that's certain. all I'm asking from from my stormtroopers, is, is keep it 100. You guys earned the right to be the elite guard of the Empire, or whatever the fuck you are, even Lol. though I never see ground troops or lower ranked. Lol. So, okay, Luke looks through some, he finds some, like, data cylinders. Yeah, and he, he tries a few out. He's like, here are two. What about this? Brr, this is garbage. Blah. Yeah, he's like cramming cylinders into R2 who keeps rejecting them. Yeah. What do you think of this one? And then, you know, he gets one and it's like, what is this? It's all all static. Oops, all static. <laughs> <laughs> what about this one? Well, it's big, but it doesn't know how to move around in there, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good size, but it doesn't know what it's doing. spits it out yeah so they finally find one and again once more for the audience's benefit luke closes his eyes and uses the force to find the one that's not broken and he can hear through the force hey that's the one you want you want this one that one dude luke start with that you know you know go into the cave of this is where a bunch of like jedi nonsense was and go all right hold on and reach now there we go there it is or i could spend an hour and a half pointlessly wandering around in here and using my stupid human eyes yeah i'm just gonna go walk up to a pile of obviously burnt garbage and then start poking through it for fun that was a fun use of my time i'm glad i did that hero of the republic (laughs) so this one works and sure enough, it's got a couple of like various Jedi types describing things that they had done. But uh, oh my God, Yoda's on there. Four hundred years younger Yoda comes out, and Yoda at that point, his skin is greener. He doesn't have a cane. Why he's sprightly as hell. Yeah, he looks like Coily the Spring Sprite at this <laughs> at this period. <laughs> and uh, no springs, gets- indeed, there should be. Oh, springs, there are not. <laughs> so. So Yoda comes out and gives a report, and he's like, uh, hey, we tried to recover the Chu Unthor from Dathomir, but we were repelled by the witches. Yeah. Uh, can't. And it's, like, chopped up, so the whole thing was like, couldn't get to have the thing in Dathomir, uh, witches. Yeah, tried to get the Chu Unthor, uh, which is definitely a word in Hapen, by the way. There's no way it isn't. Uh, well, and- yeah, considering... All of the stuff that they said, they were like, oh, what is this? Uh, Chua and the Chumanthe. The Ta'a Chume. And then we meet the Chu Unthor. They love to put the same vowel in a word twice and separate it with apostrophe. That appears to be the core hallmark of in the language. Yeah. So uh, so he goes back, you know, he takes this information that he finds, trudges out of the camp and makes his, or to the cave, and goes back to the Whiphead camp. Yeah, and he, he meets uh, <laughs> his guide, and he's sitting there dragging along some fucking snow devil and he's like yeah he killed I fuck this guy up but good <laughs> i met honor and i killed a snow demon i'm rad he says dragging it by the tongue across the open tundra and then we cut to their camp where a whole bunch of, of uh, tents made out of mot mots are shielding them from the cold winds and they're using a fire to cook up chunks of that tasty snow demon Mm-mm. and luke is just sitting there and thinking to himself what's dathomir what's a chew on tour what's a ch- unthor and and most importantly witches 
fucking witches? What? Seriously? Can they turn into ravens? Do they know where the power is? Witches? I thought... I thought we were fucking... Okay, you know what? Nah, fine. Whatever. Fine. There's witches. There's witches on Dathomir, and they won't let us have the ch- Unthor. Sure. Why not? I'll go. I'll take some fucking hobbits with me. Who gives a shit? Let's hey, do it. Hey, R2, you ever heard of Dathomir? Bleep bloop. No. Uh, well, guess no one knows. All right. Well, that sounds like a fun mystery for me, but for later, though. <laughs> that sounds that's the- like a fun <laughs> mystery for me. Me and the gang are going to split up. <laughs> we'll do more damage that way. <laughs> But that's the end of the chapter. So that's chapters one and two of the courtship of Princess Leia. We've got some groundwork laid. Will Leia marry that random hot dude with a veil on his face? Will Luke find the planet Dathomir? Will he take any of these cool whipheads with him? Are there witches? What are the witches all about? What's up with their situation? Oh, he actually does have a vision of witches. That's right. He does have a vision of witches. And they're like bubbling and bubbling and toil and troubling. Yeah, they're flying through a dark force storm, mm-hmm. giggling. And one of them is Sarah Jessica Parker. Ew. <laughs> oh, no. Now I don't want to go to death of here. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's the movie where she's hot. Oh, that's that and That and what's that, uh, L.A. story? I think those are the two. Yeah, and then also Sandra Bullock's in there for some reason. And... <laughs> we got, this is a very different cloud of witches. Oh yeah, well we got we got our hocus pocus, we got our practical magic. Yeah, so we all that means we also need to add like uh, what's her face from the craft. Oh yeah, Feruza uh, Balk. Feruza Balk is in there. Perfect. Thank you. Yep. Get, do we have any witches of Eastwick we can throw in there? Uh, any Eastwick witches we want to throw? Oh, up what in about there? the Jim Wynorski porn movie, The Witches of Breastwick? Can we get one of them in there? Huh. Huh? What about a warlock? Can we get warlock in there? I'm actually pretty sure that one of the titular, titular, by the way, Witches of Breastwick is Stormy Daniels. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I think that might be the case. Correct me if I'm wrong, listeners. I have never watched one of those softcore... I have never watched a porn. Well, I've watched porn, but I don't watch any of that softcore Jim Wynorski tarp in the woods nonsense. Ah. I'm good on that. I know how to spend my porn dollar, thank you. (laughs) My hard-earned porn dollar goes to only top quality. I don't watch any porn unless there's some mechanical inserting of something in into something else. <laughs> any mo- any porn where it's just just repetitive soaping up of boobs, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, I don't I don't need to watch what I could see on like Cinemax. Yeah, or like in a shower nearby. I'm not saying <laughs> in I don't- a shower nearby. I'm not saying I don't you peep. pervert. <laughs> I live with my girlfriend. You peeper. <laughs> you filthy peeper. I live with my girlfriend, and she has very dirty boobs because of all the breastfeeding. Very dirty boobs. They get sticky with milk. <laughs> Same. John, he gets even. He gets sticky even in milk. <laughs> My boobs are always sticky with milk. I'm a real messy drinker when it comes to milk. Oh, okay. So I have uh, a bowl of cereal and I just go to town on it face first. <laughs> so, so John, what do you think? What do you think we're uh, we're gonna see in the future of this book? I mean, I'm gonna come right out and say this. I'm excited for Dathomir because I at least know about the Force witches, and Dath- that shit's gonna be rad. Yeah, Dathomir gets a lot of mentions all the way through the bo- the uh, the books. The, the it even got mentioned in the Solo movie. Neat. Someone someone mentioned Dathomir in there. Although to be fair, that Solo movie, I, I you, you haven't seen it, but as someone who both read the expanded universe stuff and saw that Solo movie, I am so fucking stoked because not only do they mention Dathomir, but also uh, every time Lando is just randomly talking, he is describing his books. <laughs> it's nonstop. He's I, I'm spoiler alert for people who haven't seen the movie yet, like John, for example. But you know, seeing as how it's been weeks now, and I don't even know if it's still in theaters. Sure it is. So, but anyway, I'm going to go see it right yeah. after this. <laughs> well, get ready for this part. He keeps <laughs> mentioning all of the books. It won't be a spoiler for you because you haven't read the solo or, or the Lando books either. It's true. He'll be saying some stuff, and he'll be like, "Yep." Uh-huh. Those are words. Those are some words, all right. But for a guy like me, it was great. Yeah, he'll talk about the caves of coiling poops or whatever. <laughs> whatever adventures Lando had, I don't know. The flame winds of Ozeon, the mind harp of Sheru, and the star caves of Thonboka. They're some of the best books. There's a reason we haven't done them yet. They're too good. It's too good. It's too good, John. They're too strong for you. They're too strong. These, these books would kill you. <laughs> John, we're doing a podcast, and I need your strongest Star Wars books. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, god damn it! And Every single time, I'm glad we made it almost to the end without doing. I'll it. just cut that. It's fine. No, I won't. No, you leave that in there. <laughs> the people need to know. 
So if you like what you're hearing and you want to hear us do more of it, not Potion Seller, but actually stuff, please I mean, be- also Potion Seller. It'll probably happen again, sure. But anyway, we do do bonus content for these episodes. Yeah, doo-doo. Yeah, doo-doo, poops. Uh, if you support us at the $2 level on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash systemmastery, uh, $2 will actually be about 4 bucks a month. And yeah. what, what you'll get for your 4 bucks a month $2 is... $2 means a snack to you, but it means a big deal to me. It actually really does help us out a lot, so yeah. please support us at $2. It buys us... A three snack. hams, three with three hams for two dollars is the going price of a ham in San Diego. You can't afford to live here because of housing and and uh, gas prices. But boy, oh boy, the ham market is b- great it is a for buyers ham. It's a market. Buyers ham market here in San Diego. Uh, uh, I go down to buyers ham market and I just have a field day. <laughs> so, patreon.com slash system mastery two dollars will unlock the bonus content for this show plus the uh, bonus content for system mastery on this show what we do is we go search wikipedia for the finest information about star wars we can get and then we bring it back to you for discussion otherwise you can find us at systemmasterypodcast.com system mastery on gmail facebook twitter reddit so on uh find our many delightful shows our shirts for sale all kinds of great stuff Yes, all of our many delightful treats and wonders. <laughs> you can find each and every one of them. There's a secret on our website. It starts. It, it's an augmented reality game. Oh, yeah. Uh, you have to listen to all of our episodes and put in some money in order to find the secret codes. Yeah, but if you do, you'll find a bottle of slush-o or whatever. It's because J.J. Abrams is involved. Yeah, Jabrams, and he's got like a, a van, and it says slush-o on the side, and then if you go there, he gives you a... A Star Wars figurine, and inside yeah. the figurine, a poop. And if you press on the poop, it makes the noise from the Cloverfield monster. <laughs> poop. Anyway, go do all those things. Support us on Patreon and so on. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in a week with more Star Wars content, but until then, remember... I'm Elan Sleaze Bagano, and I've got hapies. Hapies.